but right here, buddy, that's a tattoo. Wow, that's David Dunham. by Pump Monkey Septic Services. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 17 of the Nachos and Analysis College Football Show. Today is Thursday, December 21st, and bowl season is upon us. I'm your host, Drew Archer, and I'm joined by my co-host, Matthew Johnson. How's it going, Matthew? Going great. Merry Christmas, everybody. And uh, how are you doing, Drew? Merry Christmas, and I'm doing well. This episode is a little weird, and I keep having to catch myself because you are listening to this on the 21st of December. We are recording this on the 12th of December. Uh, so uh, as you're listening to this, no episode last week. Uh, so some of our conversation may be, I don't know, we're, there's, there's probably news we're missing out on by recording this really early. Um, but we got a chaotic schedule, so uh, we're going to do the best we can. Yeah, and sorry if there's any noise going on in the background. My vacuum just started making its rounds around my apartment. It's not used to us recording on Tuesdays. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Got that thing on a schedule, Tuesday at 5 o'clock every day? Every day, except for usually Wednesdays at 5 o'clock, because we're usually recording Wednesdays at 5 o'clock. So uh, I ran it earlier and thought it wouldn't go, but it should be heading back. So sorry about that, if you can hear it. Um, But did you already go through the topics, Drew? I did not. So uh, uh, I I imagine this is going to be one of our shorter episodes. We're going to talk about some of our favorite bowl matchups. As you're listening to this, some bowl games have already started. we gave out our picks on Twitter in lieu of having an episode. Uh, so we will update uh, that next week uh, in next week's episode as we preview the Clemson bowl game. But we're going to talk about some bowl matchups, go through our Twitter poll. Uh, the poll this week was with the addition of Luke and Rumpf and Kay Klumnik and uh, Riley having a year under their belt together. What are your expectations for next season? So we'll discuss that here in a little bit. And as always, fact or fiction, uh, the Pick'em contests we will be reviewing um, two weeks ago, and we'll update uh, two weeks' worth in the previous week, and then Matthew and I will give out our picks for games occurring this week, so uh, the 21st of December through the 26th, um, and then we'll have a little portal discussion, NFL draft updates, that kind of stuff. As of the time of this recording, um, not really any other news of uh, people opting out or transferring. No news on Shipley, Moffa, that kind of stuff. So I'd imagine, knowing our luck, that the week we record a week early, uh, we're going to miss out on some of those. But we shall see. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking we're going to get lucky, and most of our the rest of our roster t- turnover is going to happen after the bowl game, where people will announce for the draft after that point. So I think we should be good. Uh, we should have a pretty updated portal transfer departure slash draft talk uh, for that segment. 
Yeah. So hopefully, uh, hopefully you're right there. Um, I will say on, uh, on the 12th of December, um, Coach Luke did meet with the the media for the first time. Did want to bring this up. David Hood was kind of live tweeting it earlier, um, and a couple couple things here. Uh, Coach Luke said that there were opportunities to coach last season, but none of them were right for him. Uh, when Dabo called, he said he knew it was the time or time to get back into coaching. Also, referenced his his kids and family. A big part of the reason that he stepped away. A couple of years ago, after that national championship with Georgia, was to spend more time with his his family. He mentioned that his kids miss being around football and the programs and the the bowl games and that sort of thing. So good to have him on staff. And uh, one other thing, I wouldn't have picked up on this had Larry Williams not posted about it. I can't remember if it was on Twitter or if it was on the message board on Tiger Illustrated, but uh, Clemson currently um, has a coach living and commuting from Athens and Georgia currently has a coach living in Clemson and commuting, uh, commuting to Clemson. Did I say that right? I think so. You're commuting to Athens, but who is commuting to Athens from Clemson? Um, Brandon Streeter. Oh, I didn't realize he was on staff. Is he an analyst at Georgia? Yeah, he's, he's one of, he's just one of those analyst positions, but yeah, his family still lives in the Clemson area. He commutes to Athens, and for the time being, until school lets out, uh, Coach Luke's family still lives in Athens, and he will be commuting to Clemson. So uh, a couple of coaches passing each other uh, on the way to work each day. Yeah, I wonder if they wave to each other on 106 (laughs) every day. Um, but uh, a couple of the bowl matchups, uh, I threw in a couple I was interested to watch. Um, Matthew also kind of uh, tossed in some, one that we both kind of agreed on. I, I was getting ready to compile my list and saw you already had this one on there. But the the Louisville-USC game, the Holiday Bowl, this one kind of intrigues me. Um, Louisville, I think, kind of has something to prove after their last two performances. They did not look good in that ACC championship game. Uh, And they're going up against a big brand name team in USC who has a lot of opt-outs and virtually no defense. So um, this could be an intriguing uh, matchup here where I think uh, it might end up being a lot closer than meets the eye. Yeah, I'm interested in this one because of what you talked about with Louisville not ending their season well, but I mean, even worse than that, USC did not end their season well. I think they were like 6 or 7-0 and in the top five and then lost like six of the last seven games, which uh, it was awful. So I think Louisville has a pretty good chance in this game because of how USC ended their season and the. I assume both teams are going to be dealing with opt-outs. So uh, it'll be an interesting benchmark, at least, for... Uh, where is USC... Um, already committed for conference realignment somewhere. Yes, they're going to be um, they're going to the SEC, aren't they? Wait, no. The Big Ten? Big Ten? I, Big Ten. I honestly don't know. Yeah. That sounds <laughs> this, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. They're going to the Big Ten next year. Um, but yeah, all this conference realignment. Next year is going to be so confusing. <laughs> Or we're going to think we're having conference games or be like, oh, this team's going to win the Pac-12. And it's like, oh, that doesn't even exist. Well, we have uh, just a couple options next year as far as a Pac-12 champion. So 
uh, that should be a little easier there. However, the Big Ten, and, uh, as well as the Big 12, can get a little confusing. So, um, nothing forward to uh, Oregon State, Notre Dame. Notre Dame picked up uh, Bo Collins, the Clemson transfer. Um, Oregon State, DJ Owen Galales transferring out. So, don't really know. Wait, you said it wrong again? Situation. Oh, well, he doesn't play here anymore. It's all good. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm kind of intrigued in that. Also, the Tony, the Tiger Sun Bowl, um, missed a big opportunity with getting a Tiger team in there. So I think Tigers are the number one mascot in all of college football. You don't have a Tiger in your matchup here. <laughs> yeah, it couldn't have been hard. I feel like most Tiger teams were... Bowl eligible. I mean, I could, was did Auburn make bowl eligibility? They won six games this mm-hmm. year, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a missed opportunity all around. Memphis probably bowl eligible. Yep, I think the only one not eligible would be the Princeton Tigers. Are they even D one? <laughs> that I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, another game that kind of interests me: Iowa, Tennessee. Um, Tennessee, typically uh, a more offensive offensive team. Iowa, um, pure defense. So interested to see this um, Big Ten SEC matchup. Yeah, that one is, I almost put that one on here too because it's like you kind of always pick Tennessee for their overs. Uh, we always both kind of pick Iowa for the unders. So that one's going to be like when an offense meets a defense that doesn't budge and uh or the offense can move but the defense won't move so it'll be interesting to see how that goes um one other one i wanted to mention is the arizona oklahoma game it's one of the few ranked bowl matchups this Mm -hmm. bowl season so uh i think that one's going to be interesting i don't know that much about arizona's program this year but uh i believe they have they only have like one or two losses yeah and oklahoma it's kind of another case of not finishing the season strong, and I haven't at least heard of a lot of like star players leaving Oklahoma. I guess other than Dylan Gabriel, um, I think he was their backup quarterback transferred. But uh, other than that, I don't think so. I'd, I'd like to see uh, Brent Venables get a big win there. And then lastly, we kind of mentioned this last week on our episode talking about. The playoffs and the playoff snubs, but UGA versus Florida State in the Orange Bowl. Uh, I think that's going to be a really fun game. And uh, both teams are going to be decimated by opt-outs and transfers. So it'll just be interesting to see, you know, the second teams go up against each other. There's going to be a lot of eyes on that game. I, I too, am very interested in this Arizona-Oklahoma game. Uh, Arizona has uh, spoiled a couple seasons, if I remember correctly. They were... Uh, the first loss for Oregon State this season. Um, you mentioned um, ranked-on-ranked matchup, um, one that kind of caught my eye that I, I didn't realize that either of these two teams were ranked, but uh, number 18, NC State, uh, and number 25, Kansas State, in the Pop-Tart Bowl. So that's another uh, ranked-on-ranked matchup in some of the earlier uh, bowls of the season. But um, it's that time of year. It's I get a lot of time off around the Christmas time and it's just always fun just like at all hours of the day on a Tuesday or a, a random Thursday there's just football on uh, so I always look forward to this time of year even if it's not a, a great matchup or a great game yeah I mean it's always good to have football on and 
Uh, that's why we need the XFL to succeed so we can have football throughout the year. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'll uh, I'll vote for year-round football, but it seems like every single time one of those football leagues pops up, it do they ever even really make it an entire season? So, um, also I also wish for year-round football, but I can honestly say uh, I've never sat down to watch, but maybe one or two of those games ever. So, <laughs> uh, I, I make it known that it's something I want, but I don't really follow through as a viewer on. Don't do my part. So, well, you get busy uh, during baseball season, so. Yes, yes. A lot of time on the road and a lot of time in Clemson. So um, looking forward to that. And speaking of Clemson, uh, the best septic service in the area is Pump Monkey Septic Service, owned and operated by Clemson alumni Alan Powell. Uh, you can reach him at phone number 864-710-2211. Give him a call if you need your pump uh, septic tank pumped or think you might need it. Um, there's a chance they could come out, give it a look, and say, "Hey, you don't need you don't need this done." So uh, they do good, honest work. Don't do any unnecessary work, uh, and uh, known for their customer service. So uh, give them a call at eight six four seven one zero two two one one. When the dump's funky, call Pump Monkey. Twitter polls. All right, Twitter poll of the week. With the addition of Luke and Rumpf and Klumnik and Riley having a year under their belts together, what are your expectations for uh, the 2024 season? Before Matthew and I give our responses and we reveal the results of the poll, did want to give a shout out to all those listeners that do comment and participate in the poll each week. Um, Gerald J., uh, gets in and says, I voted for playoffs, but ACC championship should be goal number one. Southern Rivals football show says, might be an unpopular opinion, but I'd rather take not winning the ACC championship and getting to host a playoff game rather than being in the ACC champ and having a first round bye in the 12-team format. Not every year, but at least once to experience a home playoff game. I wouldn't mind that for one uh, one season. I think you and I touched on that last week. Uh, Bryant Thomas gets in and says, if we win the ACC next year, won't we automatically be in the playoffs? Yes, Brian. That was something I did not think about when I posted those options. <laughs> um, and then BC gets in and says, not see any serious postseason participation until we have someone else under center. All right, so BC, not a fan of Klubnik. Uh, and then Rich Long gets in and says, Went with playoff due to it being a 12-team playoff. Uh, Matthew, what are you 2024? I'm expecting... I'm kind of going into next season with my late-season attitude that I had of not having expectations because it makes the games a lot more fun and I get less disappointed because I, there was a lot of disappointment early in the season. So but if I had to choose... Um, and I do like what I'm seeing so far from Dabo's offseason moves, our transfer portal departures and draft departures. I've been happy with players that we're getting back that we weren't thinking we might get back, and we still have some up in the air as of recording, um, such as Shipley and Moffa. So uh, I would say 10 wins is where my bare minimum is going to be, but uh, I guess I don't know which one is higher. Is that more prestigious now than... 
making the playoffs since it's 12 teams. What's that? The 10 wins? Yeah, I feel like more teams are going to make the playoffs than have 10 wins. Mm, possibly, yeah, especially with uh, with the group of five tie-in and automatic buy-ins uh, for uh, conference champions. You have like an upset in the conference championship. You get a two or three loss team uh, in the playoffs. So, yeah, potentially. Yeah, so I kind of am leaning towards 10 wins, uh, but that is still a, not an easy feat to conquer. So, uh I'd say that or the playoffs, but I, I would only say the playoffs because of the 12 team. I am going to be a little optimistic here. I also realized that I did not read the options to the listeners. So real quick, the options were 10 wins, ACC championship, playoff, or national championship. I am being a little optimistic. I'm going to go ACC championship here um, because of the way that Clemson finished this season and despite the losses, the four losses that you had this year, um, Clemson was better than every team they played and was capable of winning each of those games. A couple of them, that especially the, the Florida State game, you, you should have won. Um, so I think it's definitely doable for the Tigers to get back to the ACC championship and win it, um, which... I'm kind of implying that they also get 10 wins because of that, and uh, that would mean they would make the playoffs. So a um, little uh, uh, late-season optimism looking to 2024 here on my part. Drew says all of the above. Yeah. <laughs> no national <laughs> championship. But uh, the way that it shook out with the poll, uh, national championship uh, got 8% of the vote. 10 wins, got 14% of the vote, ACC championship, 36% of the vote, and the number one uh, result was playoff at 42% of the vote. So uh, a lot of people pretty optimistic heading into next season. Uh, I, I guess you got to like what you see. You, you get back in the win column with your rival. You finish the way that you did. Uh, you make two great coaching hires, um, and Clemson is – actively working in the portal have not brought anyone in yet as of the time of this recording but um a lot of uh, good happening around clemson factor fiction all right factor fiction the addition of matt luke as offensive line coach is Dabo's biggest step yet towards becoming a national contender again if you would have asked me this a year ago, I would have said fiction because of Garrett Riley. Um, we saw a little bit more uh, growing pains this year, and his first year did not necessarily go the way I think a lot of people thought. Um, but Dabo did address a big need with this team, uh, a need that has been lingering around the program for a while. So I'm going to say fact, um, this is probably Dabo's biggest uh, step towards being a contender again. Yeah, I could definitely see the argue for that I, argument for that. I mean, I wrote this, so uh, I I obviously could see it. But I am going to say that it was the step of firing Brandon Streeter and going after Garrett Riley, like you were mentioning about last year, because I think at that point, Dabo hadn't really fired anybody since Kevin Steele in 2011. And I wasn't really sure that he had that in his arsenal to 
make the decisions that were necessary, even if it was tough and somebody that you like as a person. So uh, I think that was the biggest sign for me personally. But uh, I think Dabo's really going to try to change the um, narrative around Clemson's offensive line and what it means to play for Clemson's offensive line. Yeah, I um, as much criticism is dished out here by myself and other fans, some of it valid, some of it maybe not necessarily. Uh, I think a lot of people often forget um, Dabo does not like losing. Dabo is a very competitive person, and he is not going to put up with poor play, poor performance, whether that be from a player or for a member of the coaching staff. And um, that competitive nature is going to, is going to reign supreme when it comes to having to make these tough decisions. And I think that he proved yet again this year after, like you mentioned, firing Streeter last year and then making the move to fire Austin in part ways with uh, uh, Coach Hall. So, um, yeah, exciting times to come in Tigertown. Actor Fiction, Clemson football is the fourth best program on campus right now. Uh, as we're recording today on the 12th, um, the men's soccer team won the national championship, fourth in program history. You got Clemson basketball ranked uh, inside the top 15, undefeated. Uh, you have a great softball program, made it to Super Regionals, and a solid baseball team. So uh, what do you say, Matthew, Clemson football, the fourth best program on campus right now? Well, I'm definitely saying fact now because in my list, I forgot about softball. So, uh I'm saying fact, men's basketball, no, in no particular order, but men's basketball is looking better in a better place than Clemson football right now. Men's soccer, obviously. Women's soccer even made it uh, pretty mm -hmm. far in the NCAA tournament this year, and they were uh, might have even made the ACC tournament or won the ACC this year, something close. They had a really good season this year also. Um, and then I also was thinking baseball. Um, so that's my – that's – already uh Clemson football might be fifth or sixth with softball and baseball involved yeah I am uh I'm, a, I'm gonna say fiction I'm gonna say fiction Clemson basketball doing great so far this year um I try not to watch Clemson basketball because it lets me down uh but it's hard to avoid it right now with the way that the Tigers are playing um but I I hate to be this guy but this is just this season, you got a lot of veteran guys. Um, I think that the Tigers are going to make a big uh, push in the postseason this year, but I don't know that that is going to be something you're going to see on a year in and year out basis. Uh, you definitely will see that with the softball program and the soccer program. So uh, both men's and women's, but I think football is third on campus right now. So a little technicality there on my part. Uh, fact or fiction, a team outside the top four makes the national championship next season in the first year of the 12-team playoff. I am going to go fact here because my thinking is that in almost every year of the four-team playoff, the fourth seed or at least one of the seeds has kind of been a little bit of a fraud and been exposed in the playoff games when they get to that high-level competition. But I think some of these, uh, you know, nine and three, ten and two teams that are maybe not have the best out of conference schedule, I think they're going to be able to compete with a lot of these 
four seeds or some of these fraud teams that we've been seeing in the playoffs. So uh, I don't know if they'll make it to the national championship, but we are going to see some uh, some lower seeded teams make some upsets, I believe, in in the playoff. I don't think it's going to be, you know, just win games by your seed pretty much. I also am going to say fact, too. I mean, if you look at this year and the way things lined up, uh, on the outside looking in, you got Florida State, you got Georgia, you got Ohio State. Um, I think both Georgia and Ohio State, if this was the first year of the 12-team playoff, both would have chances at a national title. Um, so I'm looking forward to to more football, more competitive football, and expanded playoff next year. Um I think that some of those teams that have been right there on that edge over the last couple of years where, te- where fans have gotten uh, up in arms about their team getting left out, uh, I, I think some of those five, six, seven seed teams are going to get the opportunity, and some of them are going to kind of captivate it and, um, and make a push for a playoff run or a national championship run. Yeah, and it's going to be really cool to see like if it ends up developing – like a kind of Cinderella type thing where there is a team every year that could make a run or, you know, those dark horse teams that you're not expecting uh, could be for a national championship. And even if we don't end up getting like super, a lot more parity in terms of national champions, uh, I think it'll at least be like healthy for college football to like have teams getting closer and have that benchmark of making the playoffs, knowing that you're in the running. Yeah. Uh, a team, a smaller team like James Madison this year would have had an opportunity, I feel like, to get into the playoff, and uh, that could have been cool. The previous years, Coastal Carolina's had solid team, App State. Uh, so uh, I think we will see some uh, some teams that maybe uh, come from the back and surprise some folks. I hope so. All right, let's review our Pick'em contest. As you're listening to this, this is from – Two weeks ago, uh, so the games we're discussing is the Army-Navy game. Uh, the point total that I'm about to give out does not include the picks that we gave out last week on Twitter in lieu of an episode because we did take last week off. Uh, but uh, after the Army-Navy game, Matthew, I just just want to apologize. I know this is the decision you made yourself, but you, Matthew and I both had the same picks as Army minus 2.5 and over 27 and a half and Matthew was like there's no way I'm going to gain any ground so I'm just going to go the complete opposite and it did not <laughs> did not work out at all yeah I if you listened to last week's ep- or not last week's episode but the week before that where we made these picks you I, I changed my picks on the episode and it like it's still in the recording so uh that one really sucks especially the way the over hit because the under was tracking the whole game and I was watching the score and like at least if Army wins, the under is looking like it's going to hit until one of the final plays of regulation. Literally, literally the last play. <laughs> Step out of the end zone, take the safety, two points, pushes it to and over. There were a lot of upset fans uh, there. I, I myself was happy. Uh, so um, I've been kind of holding on to a nine to ten point lead for a couple weeks now. The lead has grown to 12, so uh, points for the season, 38, me, uh, 26 for Matthew. So, uh, But there are a lot of bowl games to pick. Uh, we had four last week on Twitter, giving out four more this week. I think the way the schedule lines up, we'll give out 
another week of four before we do the national championship pick, if I'm not mistaken. So um, there's not a lot of wiggle room, but there is some room for Matthew to come back. So um, let's see what you pick here. Yeah, so you're saying there's a chance, so I'm going with it. Um, my favorite, I'm going Arkansas State. They're only a one-point favorite versus Northern Illinois in the Camellia Bowl on Christmas Eve. Don't know anything else about that bowl game or why I picked it. I was It was just the best <laughs> available for me. There you go. Uh, I am... Uh, referenced uh, this team a few minutes ago, but I'm going with James Madison. They're a three-point favorite against uh, Air Force in the Armed Forces Bowl. Um, James Madison, I think, is going to um, take a step forward and win the program's first uh, bowl game and uh, win by more than 30. And then we deserve a little bit of that compensation in the mail for making that happen, uh, defeating South Carolina and allowing them to go to the bowl. So uh, moving to underdog, I'm going with Georgia Tech. They're a four-and-a-half-point underdog to UCF in the Gasparilla Bowl. That is on the 22nd. So uh, Georgia Tech is going to be one of those teams with a lot of people transferring because they're it's just the nature of their program right now. They're a mid-level Power 5 group of six team. So, uh, yeah, I think... Uh, Georgia Tech will be able to hang in that one. Uh, I agree. I also took uh, Georgia Tech minus four and a half, or Damn it. Uh, excuse me, plus four and a half for the Gasparillo Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> that one seemed obvious to me. So I, I, I had a feeling that you might pick that one because that seemed like an obvious one for me. Yeah, I, I, I flirted with a couple others, but landed there. Um, another team you mentioned a few minutes ago was uh, for my overpick. I'm going with Coastal Carolina uh, and San Jose State. They're plus or minus 53 and a half in the Hawaii Bowl, which is also on Christmas Eve, Eve uh, December 23rd, cousin's birthday. Oh, yeah. Shout out, Cousin Meredith. Um, I am going with the, I forgot to write what bowl game this was, uh, but I'm going Kansas uh versus UNLV the over is at 64 and a half both these teams are averaging 33 points or higher uh, I think we'll see a lot of offense in this game well I hope you're wrong because for my under pick I I got you on the bowl game it is the guaranteed rate bowl uh I went for under Kansas UL, UNLV plus or minus 64 and a half guaranteed rate bowl that's on the day after Christmas uh, twelve twenty six. So, um, I agree. I think Kansas's offense is something to not bet against, but I'm just expecting a lot of opt outs, a lot of transfers, and uh, defense to kind of prevail. A little bit more sloppy football than you'd expect to see later in the season. So that's why I was leaning under. Uh, for my under, I'm going the complete opposite direction from a, a pick where Matthew went with a high number like 64 and a half. Uh, I'm going with uh, Bowling Green and Minnesota under uh, 38 and a half points. That's going to be an ugly, nasty game that I might not subject myself to watching. I might just put the ESPN notifications on that one. I wouldn't blame you because that sounds miserable. 
Also, the only thing I know about Bowling Green was my seventh grade math teacher was absolutely obsessed with Bowling Green. He's the only Bowling Green fan I've ever met. Um, so shout out to Coach K, not basketball Coach K. <laughs> well, and Bowling Green is in, uh, there's a Bowling Green, Kentucky, and a Bowling Green, Ohio. If they're not very close to each other either. This Bowling Green is Ohio, right? I could not tell you. I get it confused every time. Uh, well, I was thinking Kentucky, and then you said Ohio. I was like, oh, that might, it actually might be in Ohio. Who knows? <laughs> uh, it's so it's somewhere up there. Uh, but um, that is our picks. Um, as we mentioned, they're kind of dwindling down, but it's still some room and some time for Matthew to uh, sneak up behind me and catch me. So uh, I hope that doesn't happen. Um, I also, speaking of that, as far as punishment goes, I promised last week's episode I was going to reach out and get something set up. I did not do that. Lucky for you that we took a week off, so you technically have another week. Yes, yes. Before people find out. Yeah, before people find out. (laughs) People (laughs) will find out a week and two days later. Um, But I did find my punishment from last year. Emily was out of town this weekend, so I uh, I spent the Sunday watching football and doing laundry. And you know, like there's just random clothes that you never really wear that kind of find their way to the bottom of the, the dirty clothes basket. Well, uh, the Clem Suck shirt that I had to wear as my punishment for losing this last year was down there. So I washed it, and I'm going to bring it to you at Christmas if you want to incorporate that somehow to your uh, punishment. Possibly. I did start working today on a national championship tattoo concept. So I'm the more I go down this lane, the more I'm okay with it. So I think I just am going to have to do it and not think about it. All right, then. Well, uh, more for the listeners to look forward to. So, um, but uh, final thoughts for today. as as far as transfers and stuff go, there hadn't really been much news uh, this week. Um, there's been some announcements of players who we've already known are transferring out, um, committing. Uh, this one kind of shocked me. Mitchell Mays going to UNC Charlotte. It's a little bit of a lower level program than I would have expected him to go to. Yeah, um, but... I didn't pay that much attention to specific players on the offensive line, but I know the, um, unfortunately for Mitchell Mays, the reception to his transfer announcement was celebratory uh, on the Clemson yeah. side. So it, it would make a little sense if he was like maybe a high rated recruit, wasn't able to perform on a high level. Like maybe he just needs a little, a uh, little more development to get to that level. I forget the coach's name there at UNC, but it's like that super wealthy guy that just like decided, hey, I want to coach football. Like he's a multimillionaire <laughs> from football. I didn't even know that. I just let's look it up and see. I, I think he's like a hedge fund guy. He made he's made millions in the business realm. And I think he got to start a high school football. He's been at UNC maybe a year or two. Um Biff Poggy. If Poggy. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, he did coach two-time associate head coach at Michigan and coach for the 49ers. So I guess maybe his entry into Charlotte was that he doesn't need the money. He's doing it for the fun of coaching. 
Yeah, yeah. And then 49ers, you, Charlotte 49ers? No, uh, the I believe that was referencing the San Francisco 49ers. Oh, well then that I did not know that. I could be wrong, but I might have just misinterpreted what Google was saying there. But um, yeah, there's a, a couple other updates from the portal. Um, Toriano Pride, cornerback, who decided to transfer, committed to Missouri. Um, and Drew already mentioned it well, at least once this episode that Bo Collins, wide receiver, uh, committed to Notre Dame to go. Or did Chancey Stuckey actually end up getting forced out, kind of? Yeah, yeah, out of uh, Notre Dame. I was thinking that might be a connection there, but uh, interesting, interesting choice for Bo. Yeah, uh, and then as far as that goes, I don't think we've had any other news. I will say, not Clemson related, but um, oh gosh, what's his name? Quarterback at at North Carolina May. Uh, he and Drake May. He announced he is foregoing his eligibility and. Uh, opting out of the bowl game. One other thing that I do find ironic, uh, Tez, is it Walker, the receiver there Mm -hmm. in North Carolina? Um, They fought and fought and fought to get him eligibility to be able to play this year. He is opting out of the bowl game. uh, (laughs) And uh, so a a bit ironic there. So I don't have anything else, Matthew. I feel like this might be our shortest episode ever. Yeah, we're going to be pushing it. And uh, but before we uh, finish off, since I am going actually to be on a cruise the week you are listening to this episode, so I will not be in the next episode, the episode previewing the Clemson Kentucky game. So I wanted to go ahead. We kind of mentioned it and talked briefly about it last week, but uh I just wanted to give my final thoughts going into Kentucky, and I'll shoot Drew a score prediction closer to it. Uh, we can have that on record also. But um, mostly, I don't think it's going to be a fun game at all. It, it will be a little interesting to see how different, if any, uh, our offensive line looks after a good amount of time under Coach Luke. Uh, I'm excited. That's probably what I'm going to be paying attention to the most in the bowl game. Um, other than that, I just think it's a good development opportunity. So uh, if the offensive line does look very different in this game, I'm going to be very upset because it's going to get my hopes up so much going into 2024. And we kind of already went through that this past offseason. So uh, Coach Luke, if you're listening, coach him up well, but not too well. Don't don't make it like too drastic of an improvement because you'll hurt my feelings. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely am excited to see uh, some changes. All I'm really looking forward, I don't think you're going to see all that much, but um, a little bit more discipline and and focus on fundamentals here. Um, I I think that's probably their focus here wrapping up this season. Um, But who knows? It's a bowl game. Crazy things happen. Maybe they work in some wrinkles, that sort of thing. So um, who knows? We'll break the whole thing down next week. You're going to get me solo next week. Um, so, uh, listeners prepare yourselves. Well, I guess that's it. Uh, Matthew will talk in two weeks and, uh, uh, hopefully we're talking about another Clemson win and previewing the, uh, the playoffs. Yeah, hopefully. And, uh, yeah. Merry Christmas once again, everybody. And, uh, we'll talk to you next time. Merry Christmas. Peace.
I'm not going to stop recording yet, and I'm going to... I haven't done, like, an end of episode thing in a while, so I'll shout out my jersey that I found at Goodwill yesterday for, like, $5. It's uh, Antonio Brown with the Raiders. Shout out to Antonio Brown. Uh, one of the saddest stories in the NFL. <laughs> he's he's pretty active on it. You could probably like post a picture of yourself wearing it or something and be like, "Hey, Tony, uh, uh, could you Antonio? Could you sign this?" He probably uh, he might fly in on his hot air balloon and sign it for you. <laughs> Maybe we'll just tag him when we post this episode, and uh, he'll see me wearing it and want to be a guest next. Yeah, <laughs> big time guest. <laughs> 